This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's Friday night. It's the preview show. It's the No Nay Never podcast. Hello and welcome to the season finale of the preview show brought to you by the No Nay Never podcast. And for the final time in the 2019-2020 season. I'm your host Natalie Bromley and joining me is the headliner, the man that has stats coming out of his ears, Dave Statman-Roberts. Dave, for the final time this season, good evening. Hello Natalie, great to be back and I think um, I'm, I'm slightly confused because uh, around this time of year we should be starting a season, not yeah. finishing it, so it's a little <laughs> bit odd. Yeah, usually at this time of season the, the non and ever team is, is starting to, to wander back in dribs and drabs from their respective summer holidays and start putting plans in place for the new season but yeah it's uh it's very strange and of course today Dave we've had the um announcement that the Premier League for next season is going to be starting on September the 12th which yes is I had to do a rewrite on the uh, on the script for that oh I see you what well, it's a good job one of us is on the ball I'd be giving wrong information now um but yeah that's quite good actually because that gives us a pretty decent break I was a bit worried that we were literally going to start again in three weeks time it's seven, isn't it? So that's not uh, not too bad. Yeah, but that's good because it gives it gives the players a chance. It can probably give them a good two weeks off, maybe one two weeks off. Um, I don't think they necessarily need time with their family, given that they've been on lockdown for three months. But just a time to properly stop and reflect, and then five weeks training, um, a bit of a pre-season before we go again next season. So, yeah, I mean, I don't really know yet how they're going to get the season to work because they've obviously got. The, we've we've got to finish on time next season because the Euros hasn't it? Yeah, exactly. That's uh, constrained so, things. Yeah, so I wonder whether there'll be some announcement about cups or maybe um, consolidating or maybe dropping. Well, I don't, again, they can't drop the internationals because we're preparing for the Euros. So yeah, it'd be really interesting to see what they come out with. With all, what do you think they'll do, Dave? Do you think they'll just maybe cut a few rounds out of the League Cup, maybe, and save some time there? Um, I think we'll certainly lose the uh, winter break that we, we they said they're mm. going to have. I think we'll we'll lose that. Um, it may well be they have to squeeze in a couple more midweek games if they average those those out across the season. That'll help. 
Um, and yeah, we'll see what happens with the uh, League Cup as well. That's uh, yeah. I guess under question, isn't it? Particularly for the teams who are playing in the um, Europa League. You know, they're, they're going <clears throat> they're going abroad, aren't they, to play um, the the finals? Those kind of condensed within a week, the quarterfinals, the semifinals, and the final. So they've got even less time. So it's uh, going to be a, a tricky one, really. Yeah, it is going to be a bit of a tricky one, really. I mean, it's. I don't. I just. I don't really know how how it's going to work. How many games do we think we've lost? So not lost. Sorry, but if we if we normally start a round, let's have a look at this year's fixtures. So we we started on the uh, when did we usually start? around about mid early mid August, isn't it? Yeah, it is. So we started last season on. Forgive me, listeners. My my. my uh, oh God. So yeah, it usually starts around the nineteenth of August. So we should have played one, two, three, about three games. Oh, actually, that's not too bad. Like last year, we'd only played three games before the, around the twelfth of September. So they're only making up three games. Yeah, it's usually international break, isn't they? Usually first week in September. Yeah. Um, which maybe they'll do that in the summer break. Maybe they'll get together before the season starts. Maybe who knows? But yeah, so I guess it's not too bad if we're only if we're starting three games later than we would do. Then yeah, if we can fit some midweek games in just for three weeks, then yeah, that probably makes sense. They're gonna have excellent. To. Yeah, we will do. Well, it is our final show, so let's uh, let's get on with it because of course we are going to be previewing um, the the final game of the season, which um, is not going to make the slightest bit of difference to our season apart from whether we finish above Arsenal or not, which would be lovely. Um, but before we get on to all of that, we're going to um, finish the the quiz that we've been doing all season. And um, I think we've got one last quiz answer to, to give to you. So I think it, it was the last preview show that we did. It was a Norwich City home game, I think. Um, we asked the listeners, Dave, prior to the match on Saturday, who had been the last Burnley player to score in a league meeting between Burnley and Norwich at Carrow Road? And can you also tell us the year? This was a tough question to end the season on, Dave. It was slightly, yeah, because um, we'd had we'd played Norwich in a cup game since then, and uh, Jay Rodriguez was the scorer. That was in 2012, uh, but we had to go back another couple of years uh, to find the last goal scorer prior to uh, Saturday, of course, uh, who was Martin Patterson. He scored both goals for Burnley, and that was in a 2-2 draw at Carrow Road in 2010. That was the season after we'd come down from the uh, the Premier League. Excellent. Well, how many of our listeners, um, I can think of a couple who probably did, but who, who of our listeners submitted correct answers? Uh, we had a few. We had uh, quiz regulars Rob Thomas and John Robertson were both in touch with the correct answer, and our very own Tom Whitaker also chipped in, and he knew it was uh, Martin Patterson. Of course they did, the regular listeners. Well, this is going to be our, our last proper preview show of the season, as we know, so we're not going to be setting a quiz question Um what we're going to do, obviously, is uh, Dave's going to set you uh, the challenge to let you swat up on past matches uh, before we start next season. Um, and then I think what we might do, what we're looking at, um, is maybe doing a summer quiz um, in between the season. Um, I know we've talked about it all year to, to maybe even get some of our regular quizzes on the show and see if they can pit their wits against each other. Um, that because it's been a while since we did a non-another quiz, actually. I think we did it at the did end the of the live one. Did the live one, didn't we, as well? Oh, God, yes, of course, with the live podcast. Yes. Goodness me, that feels like a long time ago. The one you were banned from answering any questions from. I was ba- Yeah, was a- I was there and I was I was banned from answering. That wasn't really You fair. were. You and Phil Bird were there and it's like, <laughs> you're not allowed to answer. 
this is not it was a quiz for our listeners and I was like you have definitely got a handicap <laughs> like no you're not answering that was a good night we should do another lot oh, no I'm not gonna say that because the next thing I'll know producer Matt will have all sorts of live podcast plans in my inbox so shh don't tell him business. don't tell him. <laughs> opposition stats Okay then, well let's let's without further ado, let's look at previewing our last game of the season. And of course, it is Brighton and Hove Albion to give them their Sunday name. Played at an empty turf moor on Sunday, the twenty sixth of July at four pm. It's live on Sky Sports Arena, but of course, with it being the final game of the season, all Premier League games will be kicking off at the same time. And I'm not really sure how you'll be able to watch everything, but uh, you can certainly watch the Clarets game on live Sky. Sorry, you can watch the Clarets game live on Sky Sports Arena. So, Dave. What on earth has happened since last time we met? Uh, yeah, well, it's going back quite a while now. Those of you with good memories uh, may recall that we played the reverse fixture down at Brighton, and that was way back in September. And after Frenchman uh, Neil Mopé gave Albion the lead, uh, Burnley snatched a point with a last-minute pile driver from ex-Clarets midfielder Jeff Hendrick. Remember him? I uh, do. <laughs> he's, he's been replaced. It's all yeah. about it's all about Josh Brownell now. We've moved on. Um, if you remember, that was a little neat uh, backheel pass. Matty Vidra come on as substitute, I think, and played a little backheel to him, and he uh, scored a goal from outside the box, got us a, a point late on in that game. So that was a, a, a good point. Um, and that had been both teams' fifth match of the season. Uh, the draw left us on five points. Brighton were down in 15th place, and Burnley were just ahead on goal difference. We were in 13th position. And it's fair to say that Brighton have struggled their way through this season, uh, but once again, they've done just enough to survive. They've uh, managed to get a few decent results in the last couple of games, and they know they're safe now going into the last game. Um, at the end of last season, survival in a 17th place finish wasn't enough to save Chris Hooton's job. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see what happens with current boss, Graham Potter, who's just about managed to match his predecessor. Yeah, it's a funny one, that one. He's never really filled me with that much confidence, hasn't Graham Potter? He he comes across as a thoroughly, thoroughly lovely chap. Um, but I, I, I'm always, and, and actually this is quite an interesting sports psychology point, but I'm always quite sceptical of the success rate of the nice guys. It's that whole stereotype of nice guys finish last, doesn't it? I always, I always wonder whether he's got it in him to really, like, Ruthless streak. Yeah, the ruthless mm. streak that it takes to be a winner. Look at look at Klopp, look at Pep. And to an extent, look at Dyche as well. I imagine Dyche can be an absolute nightmare when he wants to be. So, thoroughly likeable chap. But yeah, it's going to be an interesting one for Brighton to see whether they keep him in the summer. Um, turning to matters on the pitch then, Dave. I'm sorry, I've scrolled down your script way too fast and I'm suddenly on a way further future section. Heaviest <laughs> Burnley defeat. Uh, yeah, this one's a curiosity, actually, because uh, Brighton have only ever won four matches at Turf Moor in the past, and on each occasion they've won by a margin of two goals, and on each of those four occasions the score's been the same. They've been 3-1 away victories each time. Uh, the most recent uh, win they've had on their travels to Burnley uh, was at the start of September 2012, and if you recall, that was in the latter stages of Eddie Howe's time in charge. Uh, and that was just a couple of months before Sean Dyche took over in the Turf Moor hot seat. Um, after taking the lead through Craig McHale-Smith in the first half, uh, Gordon Greer put through his own net to level the score at 1-1 in the second half. And then the visitors added two more goals, one at the right end for Greer, and a second by McHale-Smith to take all three points. 
Excellent. So what about on um, the more positive note, what's been the biggest Burnley win? Uh, well, another curious one. Uh, there's been a tie for Burnley's biggest home win against Brighton as well. We've won seven uh, times at home against Brighton. Uh, four of those were by a margin of three goals. And again, all four of those were the same score. In this instance, they were 3-0. Um, again, we'll pick the most recent one of those. And in this case, that's going back to October 1995. Uh, Burnley had been relegated back to the third tier under Jimmy Mullen. But first half goals from David Ayres... Peter Swan and Kurt Nogan ensured all three points for the Clarets, and that was despite a second-half red card for Warren Joyce. Yeah, there's some names there, innit? David Ayres, Peter Swan and Kurt Nogan. Some proper proper old-school Clarets there. Um, well, the next two sections we're going to combine together because it looks like they may be the same answer. What's Burnley's last win and last season's home game? Yeah, well, the last time the two teams met at Turf Moor was in December 2018. Uh, James Tarkovsky was credited with a goal, that was just before half-time, after Jack Cork's shot deflected in off his midriff. Um, the Clarets hung on for a clean sheet and all three points with a 1-0 win. Uh, looking at the race for the Golden Glove this weekend, I think that most Burnley fans will be delighted with the repeat of that scoreline this Sunday. Mm, for sure. Um, OK, let's drill down a little bit further then. What about head-to-head stats? OK, well, we've mentioned the uh, away wins and Burnley's uh, home wins. Uh, in total, there have been 17 previous meetings at Turf Moor. As we said, Burnley have won seven of them. There have been six draws and Brighton have won four. Uh, that gives Burnley a win percentage of 41.2%. And interestingly, other than Wolves, who we played recently, uh, that's Burnley's lowest all-time home win percentage against all the other teams we've faced this season. So Brighton have been tricky customers. That, that That's what that stat tells us, is that even though it's 41.2%, it's actually well below the 50% we average across all the teams that we uh, we play. Um, this Sunday's match will be just the third top-flight meeting at Turf Moor between the two sides. And as well as last season's home win, Burnley drew the previous top-flight home meeting, and that was a goalless draw in April 2018. Excellent. Good stuff. OK, well then, let's have a look specifically to Sunday's game then. Who is our man in the middle? Who's going to be refereeing the game? Uh, we've got John Moss. He's taking charge of our last Premier League match of the season. He's refereed 22 past Burnley games and 14 of those have been in the Premier League. Um, of the Premier League games, Burnley have only won two of them and both of those were away from Turf Moor. So he's never been in charge of a Premier League game at Turf Moor that we've won. It's a curious stat. Uh, and firstly, in terms of those away games, the ones we did win with him in charge, uh, there was a 1-0 win at Goodison Park against Everton in October 2017. And then he was also in charge uh, earlier this year uh, when we were at Old Trafford, our magnificent 2-0 win uh, against Manchester United at Old Trafford. Um, it'll be the fifth time he's been in the middle for a Burnley match this season. Uh, the other games, uh, we've had defeats away at Leicester, uh, we uh, also lost at home to Manchester City. Uh, and then there's also the home draw against Spurs just before uh, lockdown came into play. And then obviously the victory against Manchester United at Old Trafford, we've already mentioned. Uh, Darren Bond has been appointed as the video assistant referee on Sunday. Celebrity fans! And then finally, our favourite section of the week, which I feel like this is just going to be out of control as this section with it being the last show of the season. Go on, Dave. Who are Brighton's celebrity fans? 
Right, well, I think we have quite a good selection of Celebrity Brighton fans for the last Famous Fans feature of this season, uh, which, considering I could only find two or three initially when I had a, a first look, um, I did have a more detailed look last night, and I think I've done reasonably well with the, with the list, um, even if I do say so myself. So I'll, uh, I'll let you and the <laughs> listeners decide uh, how well I've done. Um, first, first up, we've got retired TV weatherman Michael Fish. Um, there seem to be two Twitter accounts he's got, and uh, neither's verified, uh, but one has around 2,000 followers and the other just over 3,300 followers. So that's even fewer than me and you, Natalie. <gasps> wow. I, I don't think I've ever had more Twitter followers than one of our celebrity fans. I'm very impressed <laughs> with that stat. Good work, Dave. That, that's the only reason I put that in, actually. That's, no, uh, I like that's it. I, like why. I forgive uh, you for the, <laughs> the blatant, out-of-control nature of what's coming next. <laughs> Uh, next up, we've got football finance expert, author, and podcaster Kieran Maguire. Uh, he's got forty-five thousand Twitter followers. Um, TV and radio presenter Jamie Thixton has sixty-seven thousand followers. Uh, actor Robert Kaczynski, who was in True Blood and EastEnders, amongst other things, has got ninety-nine thousand followers. Uh, Norman Cook, aka DJ Fatboy Slim, is a very well-known fan of Brighton Hove Albion. Uh, he's got 172,000 followers. Uh, moving up in the numbers, uh, newsreader John Snow from Channel 4 has got 1.4 million followers. And then top of the Twitter influence list is pop impresario and wearer of high-waisted trousers, Simon Cowell, who has 11.3 million followers. And yeah, because, yeah. Because, <laughs> because it's the last episode... We've got a bonus eight celebrity fan as well. Uh, he doesn't seem to be on Twitter, but he's a legend in sports broadcasting, uh, former grandstand presenter and BBC sport host, Des Lynham. Go on. Where, where's the tenuous link to Simon Cowell? Where have you dug that one up from? There are various sites that list these, and you've got to like, kind of dig into it because some are a little bit tenuous. I mean, I, I'm, I'm sure he's not a season ticket holder and doesn't go there very often, but his name has been mentioned in association with Brighton, and I think he has links down in the area as well, so that's probably where that's uh, that's come about. I think it did say, in, in terms of the articles I looked at, uh, that he was... Uh, more of a, a tenuous supporter, so we'll. Uh, yeah. we'll, we'll it's only in there for the numbers, really. Um, sure. And and in, in a first, this feature, Natalie, you like this? Uh, one of the famous fans on that list actually follows me, and vice versa. Hi there, Kieran. That's uh, uh, <laughs> Kieran Maguire. Um, so I'm hopeful I might get at least one retweet when I tweet out a name check at the weekend. That would be amazing. If we could like, save the best for the last and we finally do it on the last preview show of the season. Yeah. That is absolutely brilliant. You'll have to keep us updated and let us know. We should do it. Statman Dave's Stat of the Week. Well, for the last time this season, why don't you treat our listeners and delve into the bank of Statman Dave and let us have your miscellaneous stats of the week. <laughs> yeah, well, what I've done for this, we've got a, a main stat and then I've got some follow-ups. So if you'll uh, indulge me on uh, on this. Uh, we did Absolutely. <laughs> we did touch on this slightly at the start of the show. Um, this season ends with a match played on the 26th of July, uh, which is the latest a Burnley season has ever ended. And coincidentally, 26th of July is also the earliest a Burnley season ever started. If you recall, our Europa League uh, qualifying campaign two years ago began with a trip to play Aberdeen on that very same date, the 26th of July. Wow. 
Mm. And as it's the prop, uh, the the last proper preview show of the season, we're going to summarise some of the statistical achievements of Burnley so far this season. Uh, those of you who've already got your hands on the match day programme for Sunday, uh, which was also awarded Premier League programme of the season by FootyPrograms.co.uk. Oh, did we win it? I hadn't seen that. We, well, for for the yeah, they, they listed one for each of the four divisions, and and Burnley's won the uh, the match day. I mean, Excellent. I think there are other other organisations that do it as well, but FootyPrograms.co.uk. Uh, gave the uh, Premier League uh, match day programme of the season to Burnley, which is uh, really good news. Um, and within there, for, the, for this uh, final game of the season, uh, Sean Dyche's pre-match notes has the heading, A Season to be Proud of. So with that in mind, here are some of those achievements that we can be proud of. Um, there have been 15 clean sheets already for Nick Pope, who has a chance to become the first goalkeeper from outside the so-called Big Six clubs to win the Premier League Golden Glove Award since it was first awarded in 2004-05. It's now a two-horse race with Pope and Manchester City's Edison both on 15 clean sheets to date. Obviously, we are playing Brighton and Manchester City are playing Norwich, so could go either way or... It could, they both might concede, they both might get a clean sheet and it could be shared, but we'll obviously find out sometime just before 6 o'clock on uh, Sunday what happens with that. Uh, next on the list, uh, 13 goals have been scored by Chris Wood in the league so far this season. Uh, that's the most in any of Burnley's previous Premier League campaigns and also matches the tally of 13 by both Ray Hankin and Peter Noble in 1975-76, which was our last top flight season before the, we got promoted back to the Premier League, but that was a 42-game season. Um, it's also the most points we've gained uh, in any of our previous Premier League campaigns. That equals the tally of 54, achieved in 2017-18, uh, when we finished seventh and earned a place in the Europe, Europa League qualifiers. Uh, last season's, uh, sorry, last weekend's result was also the first time at the 21st attempt that Burnley had kept a clean sheet in any away match at Norwich City. Uh, in addition, it was Burnley's seventh away win of the season and also our 15th win overall for this campaign. All in all, I think we can say we were extremely proud of how well the team has done this season. Definitely, Dave, that is an absolutely fantastic summary. And gives me a little bit of goosebumps just going back through that list and listening to all of the things that we've achieved this season and you look back to the to the Christmas period in that particularly tricky patch we had um when we were starting to wonder whether this would be the season where we'd get pulled into the bottom and we've just we've just absolutely flown I mean I get I get asked this question a lot and I always tend to give quite a consistent answer so I'm going to ask that question to you Dave but like what is it? What is it about this side that just gives them the ability to just pull these seasons out of the bag consistently? Um, I, th- I think it's down to the manager a lot. I think he instills his way of working into the club and into the players, and also surrounds himself with a group of staff and players who give everything for the the club. You know, you, when a player pulls on a shirt, whoever it is, whichever eleven players we have out, and you know, we we know since uh, restart that we've had to chop and change and have different players coming into the team, players playing out of position. But you know, given the due, wherever they play, um, they give everything. And there's a lot to be said for that sort of togetherness and, and resilience that we've got. And it's um, you know real credit to, to Sean Dyche and the staff and the players for what they've uh, achieved, you know, turned things around since, uh, certainly since, um, well, I'm thinking more of the Aston Villa game, but then we, we also lost against Chelsea after that. But 
beyond that, maybe Leicester was the turning point. We got the penalty, didn't we? Yeah, that's the true. Penalty save against Leicester, and then we haven't looked back since then. We have obviously had the big defeat against uh, Manchester City, but other than that, we uh, we haven't lost any other games. No, it's been great. It really has. Um, looking at the weekend then, Dave, obviously in the grand scheme of things, um, it doesn't really impact on, on Burnley's season where we finish, um, aside from a differential in, in prize money. I think we it's, can, it's a work... huge differential. Have you, have you seen, oh, is have you seen, it? There's, well, there's some, there's some stats out on, on that. Again, um, uh, Swiss Ramble, who d- does uh, quite a lot of financial stuff on Twitter, uh, had gone into the detail. And I think it, it's changed because of the mix now with... Um, uh, the merit payments now for the additional revenue we get from overseas TV rights now get yeah. split across um, based on where where teams finish in the league rather than being split equally. So what, what they were saying was that um, under normal circumstance, it would have gone up from being round about, I think, 1.92 million per place up to over 3 million, like 3.2 oh, million wow. per place. But then it goes back. I think there's been like a rebate because of the TV situation. So it goes back to, I think... Uh, 2.7 million but t- two places two places different for example the difference between finishing 10th and finishing 8th is 5.4 million so it's a, oh, a wow. decent amount and I, I try to quantify it so if you think about it we had um, Burnley's bargain um, transfer of Michael Duff for 30,000 uh, that's 180 Michael Duffs well I can't think of a better way to quantify price money than, than in a number of Michael Duffs. <laughs> that's fantastic. Um, well, yeah, that, that's great. I mean, I hadn't realised that that had happened this season. So certainly in terms of, of giving them an incentive to play, that's definitely something to look for. And I think just the the bragging rights as well of, tr- of trying to finish above Arsenal would be superb. Um, you know, just the amount of, of bad beats they've thrown on us over the years. And, and obviously, I, I know they're, they're struggling themselves and they're not... You know they're not the powerhouse they were a few years ago, but still psychologically to finish above above Arsenal is a fantastic achievement. Um, again, like you said earlier on, Brighton have, have had the struggles this season, but they are obviously they are safe. They've managed to survive, and they will be. They'll either not care and just be wanting to get out of it, or they'll play for a bit of pride. But I'm I don't know about you, Dave, but I'm I'm expecting a comfortable Burnley win. Uh, I think we'll win, but I'm not sure I'd go that far. I think it might be closer. I think it might be. Uh, tense. I'm going for one nil. That's time. I'm going to go three nil. I'm really confident of a win. Three nil. There you I go, hope listeners. You're right. Yeah, let us know what your score predictions are, please. You know how to get hold of us. Tweet us at none and never, um, and let us know what your score prediction is ahead of Sunday's match. Fantasy Premier League update. And then for the final time before we crown our winner, which actually I do need to give some thought about how we're going to do that, um, we have to update ourselves on the Fantasy Premier League. Dave, it's the final round of matches, so it is a tense time for our captains who are all in with a shout of winning the the known and ever prize. Um, Why don't you talk us through what on earth is going to happen? Well, the, the excitement's unbearable, isn't it? Um, it is. It's building in this in the in the race for the uh, league title in this last week, and we've we've got to the point. We, we've struggled a little bit with the previous shows that we've been in the middle of game weeks, but the way it's worked out and the, the fact we're recording when we are now, uh, we know all the results from the previous round of games, which were completed on Wednesday. Um, the table's all been updated. So what we can say is that uh, 55 of our 164 managers have now passed the 2,000 points mark. When we looked at it a couple of rounds ago. 
ago. I think we'd only had about 10. So there's quite a lot of have gone up and, and passed that point now. But the current top five uh, now looks like this. And at this point, I feel we should request some music. I think if we can uh, get producer Matt to get some singles chart countdown music. I think really we should have Jordan North on, shouldn't we, to do the uh, countdown. But I'll, I'll, I'll have I'm to sure do. he's got better things this time. <laughs> so here we go, top five. Uh, at number five, it's a non-mover for Tom Mitchum's TTRRD on 2,232 points. We've got another non-mover at four. That's Max Robinson's Game of Stones on 2,247 points. Down one place at number three is John Sutcliffe's Subculture FC on 2,264 points. And a climber back up one place at number two is Tall Paul on 2,272 points, which means that Bennett Howarth's Dollarite Deitch is this week's number one on 2,340 points and that's a lead of 68 points with just this Sunday's matches to be played. However, what we don't know at this point is which managers might have one of their bonus chips left to play and if any of them has their free hit left to play, that's unlimited transfers for the final round, we may see some movement in those places before the end. Oh, it's all very, very, very close. It's uh, you know, my my other friend Rob Greenwood's has fallen out of the top five. So my my personal um, what's it called favorite tall pole is uh, is the one I'm going for. I hope he does it. Um, what about the dream team then? Um, let's see. Uh, let's see how the uh, the players fade up then last week. Well, we did get one Burnley player in the dream team for game week thirty seven plus, and that was Eric Peters. Uh, who perhaps wasn't the most eye-catching of new signings last summer, but he's done really well this season, I think, in whichever position he's been asked to play. Obviously, he's been uh, left-sided, coming as a left-sided defender and ended up playing right midfield for quite a few games. Um, so he's done well when he's been asked to come in. I think he started the season, didn't he, when uh, uh, Charlie Taylor was out and he's, he's, he's played quite a few times, certainly uh, in the second half of the season as well. Uh, but at this point, I think it's worth mentioning uh, the top five players overall in the league from all teams. Uh, so, in again, in order uh, going upwards, in fifth place, we've got Trent Alexander-Arnold with 209 points. So actually, it's fourth equal because Jamie Vardy has got the same number of points. He's got 209 as well. Uh, so they're both fourth equal. Um, in third place, we've got Sadio Mane from Liverpool, uh, 215 points. Uh, and then we've got a tie uh, at the top. So it'll be interesting to see who, uh, who wins gets the most points this weekend from these two. We've got Kevin De Bruyne, Manchester City's on 232, and also on 232 is uh, Mohamed Salah from Liverpool as well. So that's the top five in terms of all teams. When we look at the Burnley players, uh, we've got a top seven. Um, Nick Pope still leads the way. He's got 169 points. Um, James Tarkovsky has got 142. Chris Wood, 127 Dwight McNeil, 121. Ashley Westwood, 115. Ben Mee, who obviously won't be playing in the final games, 110. And Jay Rodriguez has kind of come up on the blind side a little bit. He's played a lot more in the second half of the season when he's got a, a, st- a starting berth and he's scored quite a few goals. He's on 98 points. So they're the top seven Burnley players in the uh, league overall with one game to play. Wow. And what about us? <laughs> <laughs> Where oh, you, are we doing? You, you had a marvellous week. You, 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 I think you were the second highest scoring player. You had 90, 98 points. Sure. Um, and you'd gone up to about 154, so you'd got yourself clear of danger. How have I done that? 
<laughs> More luck than judgment by the sounds of it. Well, quite, yeah. <laughs> I am going to, I've saved all of those weird things that I had left, which I don't really know what to do with, and I'm going to play them this season. But at this moment in time, I would just like to not finish in the bottom three. That would be. That would I be think you're fine. Bad. I think you're safe. Excellent. Um, so, of course, we, we, this is, with this being our last last preview show of the season, we're going to have to find another forum to let you know who your winner was this season. So keep an eye out on social media and we will do a little mini press release and a, a drum roll. And, of course, whoever wins will be uh, the recipient of a, a very much-loved and much-coveted Known and Never sticker. So And more as well. And more as well. Yeah, Matt said this. Well, I don't know. Matt was being a cagey about it. But when when you weren't here for the last preview show, Matt said there's there's something else as well. No. Yes. He hasn't told me. To be fair, I haven't had a meeting with with, with Matt all week. I've been. I think I'm driving him mad. He keeps sending me messages saying we need to catch up. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I've just been working too hard. And um, hence why I've been absent from the the preview show and from the um from the main podcast as well for a couple of weeks. It's been damn work getting in the way. Um, I probably should contact him then. He's he's stealing my thunder. I was giving out stickers, and he's giving something better than stickers. I'm not having Apparently that. So. I'm going to have a word with him. Um, so, yes, do keep your eyes out on our press release when we crown our winner. Um, but that's it. That is that is everything that we've got time for. That is the end of the preview show for this season. And it has been an absolute joy. Now, this is, has, of course, been our um, first season bringing you the preview show. And I think it is fair to say it has been a resounding success. Um Thanks a hundred percent to the hard work and work and dedication of Dave Roberts, who has just put in just so much love and joy into this show. Um, so it goes without saying, and this is not even a decision or a, a conversation that needs to be made. But we will be back next season. Um, Dave and I will catch up in the summer. And we will um, talk about the structure. We will see about what sections we want to keep in. Because, of course, there's a few teams that we're going to be playing again. So we need to make sure we keep it fresh and lively. But, yep, every Friday night, tune in. And the preview show will be in your inbox. Um, We have absolutely loved being part of your pre-match routine this season um when we want to hear from you we want to know what you liked about the show what you didn't like what you want us to change what you want us to add whether the format's grand um you know how to get in touch with us tweet us facebook emails the contact details are all on our site um so do yeah don't be shy come and speak to us and see what you want us to do next season um my thanks as ever go to producer Matt, even though he's stealing my prizes. Um, I'll get him later, the pesky kid. Um, but thanks, thanks obviously for for just being our support and our rock throughout the season, and just fixing more errors than I think we care to admit to, and making us sound a lot more professional than the um, unphotoshopped edit <laughs> sometimes can look. Um, a thousand thank yous from the bottom of my heart to Dave. Dave, you've been incredible this season. I can't wait to see what you produce next season. Um, do you have a final word to say to our listeners before we sign off for the season? Uh, well, just echo what you said, really, in terms of it's um, it, it's a pleasure for me to do. I, I enjoy looking back through the stats and also looking forward at the games. Um, and if we can bring some information to people and memories of games and, and that kind of thing, that's really good. But as you say, it'd be really good to get some feedback um, and see where people want to take this forward for next season. That'd be really good. Excellent. Um, so then our final thanks to you for, for sticking with us and letting us 
be part of your pre-match routine and and letting us just still be here and still churn out stats to you and and try and entertain you um for everybody who's um watching the game at the weekend cheer the boys on from your sofas to that five million pound profit um in the meantime have a fantastic summer um stay safe stay well wear a mask in the shops and we will see you at some point at turf moor around october time um I've been Natalie Bromley. This has been the preview show brought to you by the Known and Ever podcast. Until next time. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.